Amen. Hallelujah. We greet each and every one of you who are listening to us. I pray that this message will be a blessing to you. And I pray that God will continue to do some wonderful things in your life. Again, thank you for tuning in to our podcast. Deuteronomy 6, verse 4, Mark 12, 28, and 1 John 4, verse 7. Amen. When you're there, say amen. But you're probably there already because it's on the screen. And so Deuteronomy chapter 4, verse, chapter 6, verse 4 says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy might. Mm. Mark chapter 12, verse 28. And one of the scribes came and having heard them reasoning together and perceiving that he had answered them well, asked him, which is the first commandment of all. While Jesus was here on the earth, the religious people were always trying to trip him up. And I said religious people purposely. They were always trying to figure out if he's the real deal or he wasn't. And so they will say things. They will reason within their heart. They will ask questions just to try to see if they can trip him up because he went against their religion. And so when somebody begins to go against your religion, you will always try to figure out a way to trip them up to hold on to your religion. But Jesus didn't come for religion. Jesus came that people will be set free and people will be saved. He didn't come for religion. And so they tried to trip him up in every way. So they wanted to know what was the first commandment of all. Verse 29, and Jesus answered him, the first of all the commandments is, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, and thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy mind, and with all thy strength. This is the first commandment, and the second is like, namely this, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. There is none other commandment greater than these. They try to trip him up. He went Old Testament back on him. He says, Remember what the Old Testament says? Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one, and thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all your heart, all your mind, and all your soul. He came back in the New Testament. They wanted to make sure he knew the word of God, and so they tried to trip him up in the, old, in the New Testament thinking he would say something different from what was in the Old, and he just stayed right on track. But he also said, and the other is namely like this, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Verse 32 says, And the scribe said unto him, well, Master, thou hast said the truth, for there is one God, and there is none other but he. Why do people keep thinking that Jesus is the second person in the Trinity? There's only one God. We read it all the time in the scripture. 33. And to love him with all thine heart, and with all thine understanding, and with all thy soul, and with all thy strength, to love his neighbor as himself is more than all whole burnt offerings and sacrifices. You, you see what you're following me on this? The scripture is telling us that loving your neighbor, loving God and loving your neighbor as yourself 
is more important than anything you can offer God. And so sometimes we come to church and we offer things to God, whether it's our service or whether it's our talents and gifts of praise and playing instruments, whatever it is, even the preacher offering the gift of being able to preach, and we offer those things, and God is saying, I prefer love over all of that stuff. Do I want your talents and gifts to be able to bless the kingdom? Yes, but I want love before I want any of those things. And so today, I'm here to minister to you about just that. But before we move into that area, First John. Chapter 4, verse 7 says, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone that loveth is born of God, and knoweth God. He that loveth not, knoweth not God, for God is love. Today, I want to talk to you and title this message, Real Love. Real Love, not Valentine's Love. Real love. When I got finished putting this together, Brother Wayman, I remember the song Mary J. Blige sing. Real love. I'm searching for some real love. I said, I wish I knew Jesus then because I would have told Mary, but I was singing right there with Mary back then, that real love. But I didn't know real love, but now I know it. I wish I could find Mary and tell her what real love is. So we're going to talk about real love today. Pray with me. Father, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Move on the hearts and minds of your people. Let nothing by any means hinder them from the preaching of your word, Lord God. And I pray that somebody will turn themselves up towards you and open up their heart today and give you all of the praise, all of the honor, and all of the glory. Father, I pray that the heavens will open this morning and that you will pour out of your spirit upon us, that we will experience your power, that we will experience your presence. Lord Jesus, have your way today, Lord. We call on your name. We call on that name, that name of Jesus. Jesus Christ, will you speak to us today? Will you show up in a miraculous way today? Will you change our direction today? Will you help us to draw nigh unto you today? For God, we're in desperate need of being closer to you. And we want the love of God to be in our hearts and our minds. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Is somebody in the house of the Lord saying, Jesus' name. Clap your hands unto the Lord while you're being seated. Amen. Real love. What matters most are not laws and not our status in life, not our material possession, not relative importance. What matters most is a relationship with the one true God, and that relationship begins with knowing him and loving him. See, the Bible says in Deuteronomy 6 and 4, and then it talks about it when we read it in Luke and in, in, in Mark, is telling us that the first 
thing for mankind to know is know that there's only one God. That is the first responsibility of mankind. And when we know it, we need to teach our children and we need to teach everybody we can teach that there's only one God. And our responsibility is to know that one God and to love that one God, to have a relationship with him because that's our purpose for being here is having relationship with that one God. We need to know there's one God, and we need a relationship with that one God. Jesus tells us that a person, total being, must be involved in loving God. We can't just love God with our minds. We can't just say we love God in words, but we have to love God with our total being. Nothing must be held back. Because God never held anything back when he gave his love to us. And if we're going to love God, we ought to love God with everything about us. God is looking for his people to love him with everything that's in them. Their mind, their heart, their soul, and their strength. He's saying, I gave you all of my love. I loved you with everything that I had. And so I'm calling on you to love me with everything you've got. That's real love. The word for love that we read about today and that we're going to talk about for the majority of this time, the word for that kind of love is called agape, totally unselfish. When you say you love somebody, that love must be totally unselfish. If you say you love somebody but your own selfishness become a part of it, then you don't have the love that God is talking about. It's not agape love. And if it's not agape love, then it ain't real love. And so today we're talking about real love, not artificial love, not emotional love, but we're talking about agape love that can only come from Jesus. Real love. And so, real love is unselfish. Hmm. A love human beings are not capable of with their help. The only way human beings can love the way the Bible is talking about is by the help of the Holy Ghost. We cannot, we are not born and able to love the way God is describing love. And so if somebody is trying to say they love, but they're not loving the way God has instructed us to love, then it ain't real love. It ain't real love. God wants our warm-hearted love and devotion, not just our obedience. Ah, We do things for God, so we say, because we're just obeying God. Ah, I'm guilty of that sometimes. And, and, but, but I'm here to tell you today, uh, we need to get to a place where we're not doing things out of just obedience. Uh, if we love God, yes, we will obey Him, uh, but we shouldn't just do things out of obedience. Uh, we should do it with a nice, warm-hearted love. Uh, I'm doing this because I love God. Uh, I'm doing that because I love God. Can I tell you this? Yesterday, Brother Tom and I, I talked to Brother Tom on Thursday, and I said, Brother Tom, I just feel this way because I know what the Lord has put in my heart to preach this morning. So I said, we're going to go on the road Saturday, and we're going to go on the road, and we're going to pick up some stuff, and we don't need any ladies. This is not about the ladies. We're going to go, and we're going to do this stuff, Brother Tom. So I want you to 
come and we made the time and we got together and we drove around and we wanted to buy some nice real flowers. We didn't go to the farmer's market over here. I know they got good prices. We went where we thought the flowers were the freshest. And so these were the freshest. We got them from Wegmans. And we went and got our thing here, our vase or vase, and we came and we, we got two of those and put it there. We got two more and we, we, we did our whole thing here yesterday. <laughs> At the end of the day, your tickets, we're going to raffle and see what lady get this and this. We're giving it away. Because what God put on your heart, you got to live it in order to preach it. And so he told me to preach real love, and I said, i got to show people we love them. Even these ladies, if you don't get one of those, when you're ready to leave, just take out some of these. You can take some of these and take with you. Because I, I want you to get the freshest and the very best. The cupcakes you see around here, I didn't get them from just the supermarket. I went to the house of cupcakes in Princeton. Freshly baked. You're going to love them. Why am I telling you this? Because I want what, 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 when we say we love, it ought to be real. And so yesterday, as you know, it was, temperature was out of control. And, and, and Tom was saying, man, it's cold. I'm laughing. And he said, it's cold. And I was saying to him, I said, you know, I don't like to go out and try to shop during these holidays that the world celebrates because it's just a mess. I said, but you know what? Anything for Jesus. Isn't that what we say, Tom? I said, Jesus come before me. What I want to do is go sit in my warm house and chill. But what Jesus wants is what I want. And he comes before me. And so we braved the, 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 the weather and we went out there and we walked around and did our thing. And I thank God because he was teaching me something. And he's teaching us something this morning. He wants us to know real love. Not, not imitation love. Not play-play love. And so there's a lot of people today celebrating Valentine's, which, which, which is, they don't even understand what love is all about. And Valentine's, as I said, it's not a Christian holiday, but, you know, people will take the holiday, you know, take stuff out of the Bible and, and kind of form it. The devil will always try to put things in. Forget about all that today. We're, we're, we, when we leave here today, we want to go out and let people experience real love out of our life. That's what this is about today. When you leave here, they're going to experience real love because guess what? You are of God and the people of God has real love. So God wants us to love him with everything. He wants us to love him with all of our being. The mind was considered to be the center of a person's intellect. The soul was the person's being and uniqueness. The heart was the center of desires and affection. And your strength, well, refers to your physical capabilities. And God is saying, I just don't want you to love me verbally. There's a scripture in the Bible where the Bible says, you praise me with your lips, but your heart is far from me. What we say the heart is all about? The heart is your center for desire and affection. What is in your heart today? What is in your heart? What kind of affections and desires that's in your heart? Is it for the Lord Jesus or is it for some other things? What's in your heart today that is right or wrong? You need to say, God, I want to love you the way you want me to love you. And I want to love you with all my mind. I want to love you with all my soul. I want to love you with all my 
heart and I want to love you with all my strength. I want to love, I want to love God the way he wants me to love him. See, I can't go by what people love is, what people say love is, because love didn't come from people. Mm. People don't know what love is unless they know who love is. To love God in this way, all your mind, all your heart, all your soul, and all your strength, to love him in that way is to fulfill completely all the commandments regarding vertical relationship. Vertical relationship. Hope you're listening today. You'll get something if you listen. Our heart is he, the focus of our affections. When we check our heart to see if we love God. Is he the focus of our affection? Our heart is our love for him, warm and real. Our heart, do we take pleasure in his ultimate worth? Do we take pleasure in God? Or is it just an exercise that we're doing because we don't want to go to hell? Our body language and our way of being sometimes, I am not in your mind, so I'm not trying to read your mind. But I just know when somebody loves and appreciates, they light up. They, they, there's radiance in them when they begin to look at the object and begin to desire and they begin to experience the thing that they love. I don't know about you, but I know when I get ready to get around my children, I am just in awe. And they know it. They know I love them. And I'm sure if you do right by your children, they know you love them. How do they know you love them? By your behavior. And so if we're going to come to church and just think that all we are doing is our duty and we're just doing the exercise necessary in order to say we love God or in order to say I'm going to go to heaven, that's not what God wants from us. He wants us to love him with affection. That when he becomes the object of our affection, we we lighten up and we, we we're just at a place of just anxiety about him, just want to talk about him, just want to worship him, just want to give him our affection because we know him. I want to get to a place, and God wants us to get to a place of loving him with our heart. My soul, are you willing to give him your life? The Bible says, if you try to save your life, you will lose it. But if you lose it for Christ's sake, you save it. And we spend a lot of time trying to save our life. When, let's be smart, can you really save your life? I don't know how many times God has intervened and stopped death from taking my life and your life. We don't know how many times God has said, no death, you're not taking them. We don't know how many times God has intervened or sent his angel to intervene. So we can't save our life. And so spending all the time we can to try to think that, well, I'm going to do this and I'll do that and I'll do... Nothing you can do. 
When sickness come and take your body, if God don't heal you, you can't save your life. So we got to get to the place where we allow ourselves to be lost in God. Because when you are lost in God, guess what? To live is Christ and to die is gain. If I live in Christ, God is good, life is great. And if I die, I'm even better off because I go to a place where there's no crying and no dying and no, no, nobody dying there, nobody sick there, nobody hurting there. So whichever way I go to me to live is Christ and to die is gain. I want to lose myself in Christ. That's important. Your soul. Are you willing to give him your life itself? Does your worship or do you worship genuinely? Do we worship genuinely? We're talking about real love because we really love God as we claim we do. What kind of worship do we give him? Is it genuine or I'm just standing lifting my hands? Uh, Brother Scarlett, I don't know if you understood what you said this morning when you say when you get into God's presence, uh, you know you're in his presence because you can't stop doing what you're doing. Uh, When it's easy to just lift your hands and put them down and you're gone, uh, you was never in his presence. Uh, You were just going through the motions. Uh, But when you get into God's presence, uh, when you connect to the Holy Ghost, and you begin to worship God, you get lost in God, and there's no time on where you're doing it, how long you do it. You're just lost in God saying, Lord, I worship you. We're not in a church where you got to come in and be quiet. We're not in a church where you come in and you can't be who you are in God. You're in a church of the living God. If you want to get lost in God, just go ahead and worship Him and praise Him and lift Him up. God is good and He's worthy to be praised. Oh, We got to worship God genuinely. We got, if, if you worship Him genuinely, you will see, I can't stop. When we sing, I can't stop praising His name. Oh my God. When you begin to praise Him, when you begin to worship Him, it just pulls you. It just pulls you. Your love just pulls you because of what you're seeing and what you're experiencing in God. Real love. We're going to get there today. Do you love him with your total being, your soul? Your mind. Does your commitment fully involve your intellectual capabilities? Does your commitment to God in your mind that's, 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 the, that's the place where your enemy worked the most is in your mind. 
Because you see, the mind controls your action. And so the enemy plants stuff in your mind. And so you're trying to do the things that you know God is requiring and what you want to do to please God. And thoughts are just flooding through your mind. And so when we're, you know, that's why we, we have challenges as, as intellectuals, as, as, as people that are really intelligent. We, we have challenges worshiping God and praising God and loving God because our intellect is so sharp. And we're always thinking about things that are dynamic and things that, that, that is just, you know, out of this world. And we're trying to come up with stuff. And our mind is filled with so many things. And we're on the Facebook and we're on Twitter and we're on Instagram and we're texting and we're talking. And we do so many things that our minds is filled. And so when we try to focus on God and try to give Him love, we can't do it because our mind is cluttered. Too many things in our mind. And we can't get it together because our minds is cluttered. God wasn't making a mistake when he says, worship me, love me with your heart, with your soul, with your mind. He wasn't making mistakes. He knew what he was saying. Because he knew that the enemy, your enemy of your soul will plant thoughts and your history and all the stuff that you've been through, it will be in your mind. And so you know what you're supposed to do, but you find yourself not doing it. What is that all about? When you know what you're supposed to do, but you're not doing it, your mind is filled with too many thoughts. And you get down to pray and you're trying to pray and thoughts come into your mind and distraction come your way because your mind is not loving God. But if your mind will love God, every distraction will come. You will just push it away because your mind is loving God. Love him with your strength. Love him with your strength. Love him with your strength. Do you strive to love and serve him energetically? Uh, we come to church. Ooh, it's cold out there. Ooh, yeah. And we come and we take our coats off and we chill. Listen, I'm no better than the next person. I'm not going to try to be better than you. But I tell you one thing, when I fell in love with God, every time I hit a sanctuary door, I get burst of energy. Every time, I don't care, everywhere, when I, when, I, when I made up my mind to live for God and I got a relationship with him, I don't care where I go. I get energy every time I enter a sanctuary, a house of worship, and I'm coming in. I'm not coming in dragging. I'm coming in like, let's go. Something is getting ready to happen, and that's serving God with my strength, with my energy. I'm not trying to serve God and love God lackadaisically. I got energy to go do housework, but I don't have no energy to pray. I got energy to cook but I don't have no energy to worship. I got energy to get my kids dressed and all that stuff, but no energy for God. I got energy to go to my job and work hard, but no energy for God. That's why God say, love me with all your strength. It's not just your mind. It's not just your soul. It's not just your heart, but with your strength. I can't have energy for everything else and none for God. I may not be preaching to you about that, but I'm preaching to myself. Oh, there's mornings when I wake up and I got energy to go do other stuff, but not energy to pray. God, help me today and help me, Lord God, that no matter what.
what? Every time I wake up, I will have energy. I will demonstrate energy to give you the praise, to worship you and praise you just like I have energy for everything else. Got energy to go drive and get my coffee. Do I have energy to worship God? Got energy to go to the gym. Do I got energy to love God? And God want us to love him uh, with our strength. Uh, he don't want no little, you, you, you killing it at the gym. Doing all that stuff. But when it comes down to worshiping God, somebody got to encourage you. Go ahead. Worship him. Go ahead. Lift your hands. Go ahead. Clap your hands. But when you got on that, that treadmill or when you got on that elliptical or when you got on lifting weights or whatever you was doing, you was pumping. You was running. You demonstrated energy. And God is saying you had energy for that. Do you have energy for me? Ah, God is saying, will you love me with all your heart, with all your mind? With all your soul and with all your strength. Vertical, vertical, vertical. God is looking for you to love him. Vertical, vertical. How are we loving God? How are we showing that we loving God? Oh my God, God is trying to let us know today, I love you with an everlasting love. God has already proven himself. He says, listen, I've given everything for you. I've died for you. I was persecuted for you. I was mocked for you. I was cheered for you. All the things I went through was for you. I gave everything for you. Oh, Listen, God is not trying to bribe us. He's not trying to force us. Don't take this message the wrong way that I'm trying to make you and I'm trying to get you to worship God and love God. No, I want you to understand what love is. And once you understand it, then you determine what you will do. I'm not trying to make you. I'm not trying to force you. God is not trying to make you and force you. He just wants to inform you. That's what I'm doing here today, informing you. Love. The second, that was the vertical. Horizontal. The second is horizontal. The second is this. Love your neighbor as yourself. Love your neighbor as yourself. And it says, there is no commandment greater than these. Loving God and loving your neighbor as yourself. Nothing. Nothing more greater than it. But I want to point out something real quick before I go into that is God says, you got to love yourself. Oh, you're so conceited. Oh, you think you all that. Mm, can't stand them. Mm, think she better than everybody else. God wants us to love ourselves, people. And how you treat yourself will determine how you're going to treat others. So if you want to treat yourself as you're nobody, if you want to treat yourself that you're just no good and you're just barely making it, if you want to treat yourself like you're not special and you're not important, if that's how you treat yourself, then everybody else will get that or less. You want to wonder sometimes why people are dealing with you the way they're dealing with you? It has nothing to do with you. Stop getting offended. They don't love themselves. You're getting offended. Ah, oh, she. For what? Stop when you see people not loving you and not treating you right. Stop and say, how they treat themselves. Yeah, stop and say, how they treat themselves. 
Do they take good care of themselves? Do, 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 they, do they make sure they, they keep things in order in their life or they just live all out of control? If they live a, 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 a renegade life, a life that is ungodly and un, unbalanced and a life that is just not caring and loving to themselves, if they treat themselves any kind of way, if they're over here and over there and they don't have control of their life, if they don't have that going on, what are you going to get? They're not loving themselves. They're, they're running themselves ragged. And you want them to love you? They can't keep up with their own self. They don't know what kindness is. They don't know what goodness is. Because they're living according to the world's standards. And if they live that way, they can never love you. Don't get mad at them. Don't give them a hard time. Just know they're not capable to love you until they know how to love themselves. I know we got to go back to the beginning. They got to love God first. They probably didn't lie and say they love God, but they don't love God. They love what God can do for them. We mix that up, loving God and what God can do for us. And a lot of us are running with that as people. I'm going to love you all good until you don't do something I want. Soon as you don't do something I I like, I cut you off. That was love. Soon as you don't do something I like, I stop talking to you. As soon as you don't do something I like, I ain't messing with you. As soon as I, you don't do something I like, they ain't right. Uh, and then you say you love me. I just think we just don't understand love. What did the Bible says? God love us, women, while we were yet sinners. It means we wasn't doing what he wanted us to do. We wasn't obeying him. We wasn't living according to his word, but he loved us anyway. So if you want to love people only on the basis of what they do for you, then it's not love. It's not real love. And so you're missing what love is. And for all of us that are experiencing people treating us like that and then they claim they love us, just don't get upset. Just understand. They don't love themselves. They don't understand. No real love. And so those two commandments, let's deal with the horizontal. This law focuses on horizontal relationship. Our dealings with fellow human being. A person cannot maintain a good vertical relationship with God, loving God, without also caring for his or her neighbor. That's biblical. You go to 1 John 4. We, 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 we say we loving God. Listen, man. Get what I'm saying today. If you're not treating people right, it means you and God. You're not treating God right. If you're not treating God, if you're not treating people right, you're not treating God right. So if you claim, if you see somebody treating you wrong, you got to pray for them because it means their relationship with God is not good. Stop getting mad when people don't treat you right. They're in, they're, they're, they're in a bigger, a, a worse off situation than what you're experiencing. I mean, you can make it to heaven without them loving you. But they won't make it without them loving God. So it don't make sense to get upset with people not loving you. It means their relationship with God is real rocky. And they got to fix that. And until they fix that, you're not getting no love. A person cannot maintain a good vertical relationship saying they love God and not loving others. 
For this second law, Jesus quoted Leviticus 19 and 18. Love your neighbor as yourself. The word neighbor refers to fellow human beings in general. The love a person has for himself or herself in the sense of looking out for oneself, caring about best interests, should be continued, but it should also be directed towards others. So you want good for yourself? Want good for somebody else. That's how you love them. So if you just want good for yourself and you don't want good for the next person, then you're not loving people as yourself. So now you understand this. What my wife say? What she called me in Jordan? Will you call me in Jordan too much? She called me in Jordan too much. It's okay. I wear that. I, I got that. Because everything we do is over the top. My oldest son too. Everything we do over the top. But I can't help that. That's just my personality. I'm not going to apologize for that. That I got to always do things over the top. That's why I told you, you know, I got to go get the freshest flowers. You know, the best bars. You know, got to go do everything over the top. But it means the people that I like and love is going to get it over the top too. Because I've learned to love me so I can love my neighbor. So I'm never going to give you anything that's just short of what I would like. That's why you see what you see today. What I like, because I know I like good stuff, I'm going to make sure you get the good stuff. If I give you less than what I got, then I'm not loving you as I love myself. That's why I'm over the top. I'm okay with being over the top. That's why we go to Carmine's and eat like we eat. That's what I like, and I think it's good. And if I love you as I love myself, I will treat you that way. Now you want to know why he didn't charge this much for Carmine's and why are we not doing it and why are we going to the Hyatt for this? Because I want to treat you like I treat me. When I stop doing that, pray for me. Because my objective is the people that I love, which is supposed to be my neighbor, meaning everybody, and God, I'm supposed to treat them like I want to be treated. And if I like good stuff, you're going to get good stuff. I'm not going to give you less than what I like. That, that's that's, that's kind of hypocritical. You buy a nice pocketbook for yourself, Louis Vuitton, Gucci, and then you go buy somebody a coach. Now, all those are good. They're all good. Don't get it twisted. I'm not telling you coach is a coach. is good. A lot of y'all got coach. But what I'm saying is, if you like Louie, don't you think the other person like Louie too? No, don't shake your head. You just don't want to go buy Louie. That's why I have a hard time giving everybody gifts because I don't have enough money. That, that, I want, so every time some kind of event comes around, I want to give away stuff. I'm like, I just don't have the money because what I like is going to cost a lot of money, so I'll be broke. So it, it turns out I, I can't do what I would like to, and so I just shut it down. If I can't give you a good gift, I won't give you anything at all. I just tell you out of my mouth, I love you. Because I'm not going to be having nice stuff, and when I give you stuff, it's not nice as mine. And No, 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 no. Uh, 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 uh. I have this little rule with me, and, and I have a friend that take advantage of me. He hasn't taken advantage of me in a long time. But I got a good friend. His name is Warren White. Some of you may know him. And years ago, you know, I told him this principle that if I'm wearing a nice tie and he says he like it, I give it to him. And one day I put on a really nice tie that I like. It was to a district event. I paid good money for the tie. 
I said, Warren, getting ready to ask me for this time. Show sure enough. We talking on the side. Brother, you know I like that tie, right? Took off my tie and gave it to him. Because I really believe in that. I like that tie. I paid a lot of money for it. But if I love my friends, then they got to have what I have. I can't play the game. If I love my friends, if I love my neighbor, they should have what I have. And not sidestep them. Oh, I know this is heavy for you because I know some of y'all got some nice stuff. And you're like, I can't get nobody that. Uh-huh, you just got busted. Yeah, I know you said I can't get nobody that. Listen, this material things. Let me even help you out more. Just, just, just give it away and see how God just give you double, double what you gave. Come on, don't hold on to this stuff. It ain't no big deal. Give it away. Give it away. God will take good care of you because you're obeying him. In answer to men's question, Jesus explained that there is no commandment greater than these. Here is the whole gospel. Here is everything about the Bible. I will settle it in this little statement. If you're going to be a Christian and you want to be a successful Christian and you want to be a righteous Christian, here's all you need to do. Love God and love others. That's it. That's it. You don't have to get into all of the stuff that you can't understand in the Bible. And, you know, there's 12 hours in a day and darkness is up on the face of the deep. And you, you might can't understand all that. Love God and love others. And you don't have to worry about the heavy-duty scriptures that you don't know. But guess what? As you loving God loving people, God will give you a revelation. So, so don't worry about what you don't know in scripture. Just worry about loving God. And loving people. Loving God and loving others. That's what it's all about. The Ten Commandments and all the other commandments are all wrapped up in that. Loving God and loving people. Now I'm not telling you it's easy. I'm not telling you it's easy because I just told you how that vertical love between you and God. You got to love him with your heart, with your soul, with your mind, and with your strength. That's not easy. But God would actually do something that you could not do. And so you need to focus on that. Because if you do you will experience the power of God in your life. God, God's laws are not burdensome. Uh-huh. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Why, why did he say that? I know a lot of us like, man, God, I don't know about that one. Well, you don't know about that one because you didn't understand it and you weren't following and obeying the way God intended because if you love God and you love people, you'll see it's easy and it's light. But because we're trying to do it our own way, then it's hard. There's a reason why we live in, in a dispensation of grace and not in a dispensation of the law. I'm sure the law was hard. But in grace, it's a different ballgame. Just love God, love people. And if all your behavior and actions is about loving God and loving people, you will never go wrong. If all that you do is motivated in loving God and loving people, you'll never go wrong. They cannot be reduced. All the laws, God's laws is not burdensome. God's laws are not burdensome. They cannot be reduced. They, I should say they can be reduced to those two simple principles, loving God and loving people. What Jesus said about love. What did Jesus say about love? If we say we love, here are some things we must 
begin to understand because God is love. And you're only going to know about love through him. So here's some things that he says about love. God loves us. Mm -hmm. We are to love God. Because God loves us, he cares for us. You can't love somebody and don't care about them. I love you and all, but I ain't messing with you. All right. I'll move on. Can we do that? Love people, but we're not messing with them. God loves even those who hate him. We are to do the same. Love your enemies is what the Bible says. And so we're supposed to love people who don't like us. Can you handle that? If we're going to be showing real love, real love, not the stuff that people talk about, real love, not the stuff that people are going to do on Valentine's Day, real love. God seeks out even those most alienated from him. Brother Henry, you're a good man. Brother, An- Brother Henry will always go and he always seemed to look around for those that kind of nobody is talking to and he go talk to them. Good man. And I know Sister Henry sometimes can't, can't understand it. But that's just what God put in him. That's right. So God will go look for people. that. Are, that's a godly trait that you have, brother, that, that go seek people out that maybe nobody else want to mess with. They might look crazy, act crazy. They might not talk like everybody else. They may not act like everybody else. And so we just kind of alienate them. But God go look for those people. And if we're going to be godly, we need to go look for those people too. Hmm. God must be your first love. God must be your first love. You love God when you obey God. This is all what the Bible is talking about when it says love. You love God when you obey him. You know how people like to say, don't judge me. If you're disobeying God, I can tell you, you don't love God. Now, I'm not telling you go do that. That's not right. Don't go do that to people. But just know, I can, hmm, they don't love God. I'm saying that to myself. I'm not telling nobody that but just the way they behaving. Because if we love God, we obey him. And so we need to show that we love him through obedience. Jesus proved his love for us by dying on the cross that we could live. If we're going to prove our love to God and to others, we got to die for them. Not physically, but we got to die for them. Jesus wants our love to be genuine. John chapter 21, verse 15 through 17. God wants genuine love from us, not play-play love, not fake love. He wants real, genuine love. God's laws are not burdensome, and we got to understand that. I'm getting to a close here. We need to not let living for God be burdensome. Living for God is burdensome because we don't understand love, because we don't understand love God, love people. If we will operate like that, then it won't be burdensome to us. So, First John, First John. Now I'm getting near. First John, four, seven, says, "Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God." You know what I like about this? The very beginning. Beloved, let us love one another. Let me tell you what that means. 
we choose to love. Mm-hmm. 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 God don't make you love. God don't force you to love. You don't automatically have love in your heart like you think. The love that you have in your heart is human love, and that's not godly love. That's not real love. Yes. And so when somebody loves you, they choose to love you. And so I find myself sometimes will tell people, man, I appreciate that you love me. And I know probably when I first said they, they, they thought I was crazy. I wasn't crazy. I read my Bible. If somebody loved me, they chose to love me. Nobody didn't do this to them and say, you better love him. They chose to love me. And so if somebody loved me, I thank them for that because they didn't have to. Now your kids, they just do that. That's natural. But when somebody that's not your children that you brought here love you, you need to appreciate that. They didn't have to do that. Now if they love God, they'll do it. But, you know, they still didn't have to do it. They can just abandon all the work of God and not love you. God is love. He is the source of all love. Therefore, love comes from God. Jesus Christ, who is God manifest in flesh, embodied love and demonstrated that love in his life on earth. Such love does not come naturally for humans. We are not born with love. Neither can we learn it just through being a human being. Believers receive God's love only through the Holy Ghost. What you have when you're born, I'm going to tell you what it is. I'm going to tell you what it is. What you have when you're born is not the real love. It's just, I don't know, caring, a response to somebody caring for you, a response for somebody doing for you, but it's selfish. You see, God's love is unselfish. And I can promise you, stop right now and think about your love for someone. Is it selfish or unselfish? I always say this. Going to minister in the prisons, going to minister in a nursing home like we're doing today, you have to have godly love to do that. Because you can get nothing out of that. And most of us, is, is not real love, it's selfish love. And so selfish love means I'm doing this because it benefits me. And so most of us got to stop and say, all the people that you say you love, is it pure and it doesn't benefit you in any way? Or do you get some kind of benefit out of it? And you'll see. We need to stop and say, is my love really a godly love or is it because I get benefit? Because if, you, if, if it's because you get benefit, you got to go back to God and say, God, help me. Because it's not real love. It's because it's I get a benefit out of it. And so we need to check ourselves about that. Is it real love? So God manifested himself and showed us love. Hmm. We're not all born, born with love, but by the power of the Holy Ghost. We can love. And that's why it's so hard for us to love because we're loving in our own flesh. And that's not real love. Only those who have experienced the new birth are able and capable to have love that's described in Scripture. 
Now, do we go around all the time and say, I love you? And we say, yeah, we do that. Just know it's not scriptural. It's just what you know, what somebody taught you, what you saw. That's the kind of love you've been showing, but not real love according to Bible. Anyone who know, anyone who love knows God. This speaks of ongoing knowledge, getting to know God. It makes sense, right? Because the Bible says only if you know God can you know love. So if only when you know God you can know love, then that means God got to be in you for you to be able to love the way God is saying love, an unselfish love, unselfish love. A continual growing spiritual knowledge based on actual experience of God is how we will continue to grow in love. The world, with its shallow and selfish view of love, has turned this word around and contaminated the common understanding of love. So our world today has contaminated that word love. The world thinks that love is what what makes a person feel good and that it's all right. Let me tell you something. Anytime you're saying you love someone, but you do something wrong to accomplish that, it's not love. You can't. Because love is righteous, it's holy, it's pure. That's God. And so if you got to do stuff wrong and then call Love. Here's what I mean. Here's what I mean. Here's what I mean. I'm going into dangerous place here, but I'm going. If y'all two married, and a brother going to tell you he love you, and he really think he's sincere, I love you, girl, but you married. I'd do anything for you, girl. I love you. That love ain't real. Why? Because you can't hurt somebody to love somebody and call it love. Can't do it. That's why if somebody is still married, you ain't supposed to date them until they're not married. I don't care how much they separated. I don't care how much you're not supposed to. Why? Because whether you like it or not, the other person may didn't want the relationship to dissolve and they're hurting because you're dating. So the bottom line is that love that that person's telling you, if you're listening and them, they telling you, I love you, I love you, you listening, you better leave that alone, better walk away. Because it can't be good love. It's not real. It's just what they want right now. It's selfish. Me and you will be good together. I, 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 we, we connect. It's going to be all right. It's all about you. It's what you and that person can have. That ain't right. And somebody on the side was probably saying, maybe I wasn't the best husband I need to be, but I still wanted to be with her. And now that she don't want to be with me and she want to be with that person, that hurts. And you steady loving that person. Can't wait for them to break up and get a divorce. I'm just trying to help you to understand. We can't say we love people when there's crookedness behind it, when there's unrighteousness behind it, when there's ungodliness behind it. You can't love somebody like that. It's not according to the Bible. Whatever they're telling you that's love, 
It ain't love, brother. It ain't love, sister. It's just what they want and what they're trying to get out of the deal. When they love you, they just leave it alone and trust God because love comes from God. And the only way we're going to demonstrate real love is when we are godly in every way. You ain't, you, your situation is bad. I might feel attraction to you, but I'm leaving it alone. I'm not talking to you about it. I'm leaving it. I'm staying far from it. And if God's willing and things don't work out in me and you work, that's a different ball game. But if I'm meddling and doing all that stuff and trying to pull you away, uh, ain't going to work because it ain't right love. It ain't pure love. It ain't godly love. And if that's how you start out, it ain't going to end good. You don't want to start out messy. You want to start that thing out right. You start out messy, you're going to continue messing, messing around. Because the bottom line is, you know, I heard this, I heard this a long time ago, that the way how you get someone is going to be the way you got to keep them. Yeah, I know I'm going a little heavy on that. Real love. Real love. And if you do crooked stuff to get somebody, you're going to have to keep on doing crooked stuff. Let me give you a good example. It's like, it's like, it's like marrying a woman and she promised you she didn't cook. <laughs> oh, I can cook. And every once in a while she tricked you when y'all were dating and, you know, whipped something up or her mom whipped something up and she gave it to you. I can cook. And then you get them. Either your marriage won't work or you're going to have to do stuff. You got to do stuff to, to, to keep on keeping the man because you told him you can cook. You can't cook. If it's real love, it's going to be right. And you're going to do it righteous. You're going to do it holy. You're not going to skirt the issue and dance and play. Just do it right. Let the God that you serve, the, the, the one and only, the true and living God, let him work in your life and show you how to love people. Because that's the only way. And sisters, can I tell you, you don't want no man that don't love God. You don't want a man that don't love God. You in trouble because we are selfish and the only way we can ever please you is by loving God. You know what's crazy about it? Sometimes a brother don't even want to do the sister wrong. But we can't help ourselves. It's just God that makes us get it right. So I'm telling you, you don't want nobody but a godly man. Listen, in this day and age, you don't want no man that ain't real godly. Because even the godly ones will struggle. You better listen to me. Even the godly ones, I told y'all this morning in Sunday school that I try not to go to pools and I try not to go to beaches. I don't want to put nothing before my eyes that I got to struggle with. So I skirt the issue. I told you for years when we live in a condominium, my wife used to tell me, go get the kids from the pool. And I would say no. And she probably thought I was being mean. I wouldn't tell her. I'm not going to look at the women in the bathing suits. And I know I'm godly. But anybody, as long as you're walking in this flesh... Can, can, can just get a little pool over here. And, 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 and so the thing about it is, you got to be godly and stay godly if you're going to make it. So, sister, you don't stand a chance. Oh, God. You don't stand a chance. Not in this hour. Maybe back in the day. Maybe back in the day, he'll have one girlfriend with you back in the day. Just one. You know, back in the day, they came home, they brought the food in, bills were paid, girl, you know, the family was taken care of, and he had one girlfriend. But this day and age, man, he's got a whole lot of girlfriends with you. Because he don't know love. 
And so we're going to make it. We need love in our life. I know I can't make it without having a real, uh, I got to have that. This got to work real good for me to do real good. And then I can love people the way I need to love because of this. And everybody is in that category. I just have to be the one to admit it. I don't know if you're going to admit it to yourself, but everybody in that category, we got to love God, and then we can love people. And when you love people the right way, then that's what drive away lust, brothers and sisters. If you don't want to lust, you just got to love God real good so you see people. I pray this prayer all the time. God, let me see people as you see them. Why? Because God sees people as souls that he wants to redeem or reconcile and help. And if I can see everybody like that, I won't see temptation. I will see somebody that needs Jesus. God, let me see people like you see them. All right. This part heavy for y'all. The world love thinks that love is what makes a person feel good. And that it is all right to sacrifice moral principles and other rights to, in order to obtain such love. But that is the opposite of real love. Selfishness is not real love. Real love is holy. Real love is just. Real love is perfect. Real love is like God. Those who truly know God will, those who truly know God will love others. Check it out. Now listen to this. And I'm almost there. There are four ty- types of love. Four types of love. And so you have first love. It's called eros. And that's sexual passion. You have eros love. That's sexual passion. Okay? The second love is storage. S-T-O-R-G. That's family love, when you love your family. The third love is phylos. That's for friendship love. The fourth one is the one you want to focus on because it covers everything, and that's agape love. That means loving kindness for everybody. Agape love speaks of compassion, regards, kindness, unselfishness. Agape love is the love we must all possess. And so if we're going to have real love, it must be agape love that will show, we will show compassion for other people. We will have regard for other people. We will show kindness for other people. We will be unselfish and not be doing stuff because we're thinking about our own gain. Agape love is what we need to have. Now, before I close, listen to this. What's the definition of love? People always try to figure that out. What is the real definition of love? And I'm going to give it to you. You can write it down or get this tape or listen to it on thing because I'm getting ready to tell you what love is, and it will not deviate from this. This is love. And every time you think of love, just think of this, and you'll see how right on it is. Here's real love. Love. To sacrifice whatever necessary. To sacrifice whatever necessary. I got in parentheses. In all righteousness. To sacrifice whatever necessary. In parentheses. In all righteousness. Because when I say whatever necessary. Then people are going to steal, cheat and do all kinds of stuff. And say because I love her. 
I'm going to steal because my kid's hungry. So I got, I got to do what I got to do. I got to go on the block because my kid's hungry. That ain't love. You don't do unrighteous stuff to try to show love. You can't do unrighteous stuff to prove righteousness. Oh, God. And we do that a lot. We're going to do unrighteous stuff and then try to pass off why we did it. Can't explain why we do that unrighteous stuff. Got to do righteous stuff to be righteous. And so love. To sacrifice whatever necessary in all righteousness to please and or to do what is best for the one you love. Y'all going to say it now and flow with it so you hear it good. Love is to sacrifice whatever necessary in all righteousness to please and or to do what is best for the one you love. You know how I learned love? It was simple for me, and that's how come we can, you know, make that definition work. For God so loved the world. And that's why I tell people all the time, that's how you know it's not two gods. It's not Father God, Son God, and Holy Spirit God. Because that wouldn't make him a real lover. For all that I just explained today. Tell me how it would make God a good God and a loving God if he created all of us, knew we were going to sin, and then he just raised up some other son of his to go and die for the people that he created that's messing up. Tell me how good of a lover he is to us if he did that. Huh? Why are you going to let somebody else go through pain for your mistake? I can't say mistake, sorry, Lord. For your people that you created. Why are you going to let somebody else take care of that mess? That's not love. Yeah. So, so, so God taught us love. So what happened was God loved us so much that when we messed up, he said, I got to figure out a way to do what's best for them. And what did he do? He became flesh because that's him sacrificing himself. That's him giving himself. That's him dying. That's him providing. That's him doing everything to do what's best for the people he loved. That's how you know love. He did what was necessary. It didn't matter what it was. There was nothing that was too hard that he says, mm. I'm almost done, but I got to say this. The Holy Ghost prompt me. You can't love and draw the line. You tell me where did Jesus draw the line? Tell me where he draw the line, where he where he drew the line and says, "I, I love y'all, but this I just." Tell me where he drew the line. He never sinned, but he made a way for us out of sin. He never drew the line any place. And for every person in this room today that claim you love, but you drew the line, you don't love. You drew the line. And when you draw the line, it's saying, I'm not going to do whatever is necessary, just like God did whatever is necessary. Can't draw the line. God didn't draw a line. So as long as you're drawing the line, you're not loving. I'm almost there. Two minutes and I'll be done. Love to sacrifice whatever necessary in all righteousness to please and or to obey and or to do what's best. For the one you love. God expressed his love this way. God expressed his love in giving. God expressed his love in dying. God expressed his love in forgiving. Oh God. God expressed his love in blessing. 
That's heavy. He expressed his love in giving. He expressed his love in dying. What does that mean to us? We can't die. Or, you know, not literally. What does it mean? Denying yourself so the other person can be happy. Woo! Mm-hmm. God expressed his love by forgiving. I just can't forgive nobody that did that to me. I forgave them, but I ain't messing with them. Show me where you ask God for forgiveness, and he says, you forgive him, but I ain't messing with you. <laughs> we come up with some stuff. Lord, did you ever tell us that? I forgave you, but I'm not messing with you. But that's what we say. I'm going to forgive him, but he ain't right. His spirit ain't right. We, we spiritualize it, too. God expressed his love in giving. He expressed his love in dying. He expressed in love his love in forgiving us. He forgave us no matter what. God expressed his love in blessing. Biblical love finds its origin in God. God is the source. An infinite spring of divine kindness and care can only come by the Holy Ghost. From him, Christians can find the way how to love people as themselves. Unfortunately, we often neglect this marvelous resource and attempt to sum up human love from the depths of our own imperfect hearts. You see why you can't love from your heart? Because your heart is imperfect. We don't want to go into what the Bible says about your heart. So if you're going to love somebody from your heart, then you're giving them some love that can turn around quickly. One minute you love them, next minute you hate them. Because that's your heart. So if you try to love somebody from your heart, it ain't real love. You got to love people the way God say love them with the help of the Holy Ghost. That's the only way to love people to keep it real. Hmm. This kind of love not only runs out quickly, but also lacks the purity. This is talking about human love, but also lacks the purity and vitality of the love that has come straight from God. If you are having difficult, if you're having a difficult time loving someone who is not exactly lovable, revisit the source of love, Jesus Christ, contemplating his love for us, though we don't deserve it, enable us to love others. We didn't deserve God's love, but he loved us anyhow. The person you don't want to love may not deserve your love, but love them anyhow. Will you stand? Real love. This Valentine's Day, which is not any holiday that we celebrate in the church, the world celebrates it. But like I said, the world hijacked some of God's principles and try to do for their own good and while everybody's saying happy valentine's you just tell them i'm celebrating god's love that's what i'm celebrating today god's love he loved me and so i love him and that makes me love you it's just the way it works he loved me the bible says we love him because he first loved us and because he loved us guess what we love him and now that we love him, we love each other. That's how we're going to love each other. And if you don't rest in God, 
for God's love to work in your life, then you won't be able to love others. I pray that I help somebody today understand real love and how to approach this thing called love. How we're going to love our families. How we're going to love our spouses. How we're going to love our children. How we're going to love every person in our life. Listen. When you love someone, you don't try to hurt them. And if they say you hurt them, don't get mad. We talked about love is to sacrifice whatever necessary in all righteousness. To please or to do what's best for the individual that you love. Sometimes I can love you and not do what you want me to do and I'm still loving you. You may not like what I'm doing and might not always appreciate what I'm doing but I'm doing it because it's what's best for you. And it's not best for you because what I made up in my mind to say was best. It's best for you according to what God says. When you're dealing with your children and you want them to know you love them and they're and, and they say, you say you love me, but you put me out. You say you love me and you, I'm doing what's best for you according to the word of God. And that's why how we beat our children, how we discipline our children, how we treat them, you got to find scriptural reference in how you do it because it's supposed to be done in love. Even when God disciplines us, he does it in love. When God is correcting us, he does it in love. We shouldn't correct each other out of anger, out of agitation. We need to do it in love. God is calling us here today at Christ Center Church to go back to the source, him. To understand love, to know love. And to begin to love him. We don't pray because it's an exercise that we know we must do. If not, we we can't call ourselves Christians. No, we pray because we love him. We don't fast because, oh, I need to fast because this, this sin, I'm trying to get it out of my life. No, no, no. We fast because I love him. I want to get closer to him. I treat you right because I love God. Not crazy. I love God, therefore I love you. And so today I want us to just give God a few moments and talk to him. To get our love right so we can get back on the right track to love God. To not just come to church because it's tradition. But to come to church because I love God. To not just sit in church to make it through but to give God worship and praise while I'm here to be excited about my encounter with Him. Oh God, that I may love you with all my heart, that I may love you with all my mind, with all my soul, with all my strength. Somebody, God, is asking you, will you truly love me the way I love you? Will you truly give yourself to me in love or will you keep my commandments grievously will you do the word of God what the word says just because you feel obligated to do it 
or will you do it out of love? God, you've helped me today. You've helped us today. And God, we promise that whatever we do, we will do it out of love and not out of obligation. That we will love you and love our neighbor as we love ourselves.